Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon, everybody. Once again, I want to welcome you to the den. This is your boy, Isaac Murden, a.k.a. The Finisher. Once again, we have a very, very special um, podcast for you this afternoon. I have a very, very special guest. She goes by the name of Energy. She is also a life and relationship coach along with, um, she specializes in mediation. And with that, I want to introduce you guys to Energy. How are you doing this afternoon, Energy? I am well, Isaac. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for taking the time out your day to come and hang out with us at the den this afternoon. I really, really appreciate it. My pleasure. I'm excited to see what we're going to discuss today. Yes, yes. So tell our audience um, a little bit about what you do. Awesome. So my name is Energy. Um, I don't just go by it. That is my actual name. Um, The um, name of my company is also Energy Speaks Life. I am the self-mastery coach. I am also a court-registered mediator and arbitrator, a life and relationship coach as well as an author and a fellow podcast host as well. Um, I work with all kinds of people, men, women, um, young, old, you, you name it, who have a vision of wanting to just find the best in life, basically, who want to learn how to live the best version of themselves and how to become the best version of themselves. I work with a lot of people who just want to discover their purpose and to start living their life on purpose and with intention, as opposed to just simply existing. And so with between coaching, between speaking and between mediating, I do everything that's personal development, self-improvement, you name it. So that's a little about me in a nutshell. You know what? That's that's a lot. You're a busy young lady, and I most definitely applaud you for that. Um, you being a relationship coach and everything, what is what are one of the, the most common denominators that you hear from individuals that are struggling in their relationship? One of the most common denominators uh, with those who struggle in their relationship, I would say, is the lack of understanding from the other partner and even themselves, but lack of understanding. Um, Most people tend to just kind of react to a person as opposed to just sitting back, listening, being patient and hearing the other person out in order to get a true understanding of what the person is talking about, what their angst is, what their issue is. And then um, to start addressing it from that perspective. So a lack of understanding is what tends to be the common denominator that I see most often. So when we talk about a lack of uh, lack of understanding in relationships, I most definitely can um, relate to that. Um, one of the most difficult things that I find out even when I'm talking to my guys is that nine times out of ten, when they get into the relationships, they don't even know their partner. They're going into the relationship with all these ulterior motives and things like that and hoping that it works out. Do you see a lot of that? Absolutely. Um, In my opinion, many of us out here, we do not take the time to truly get to know that person um, during that dating phase when we're gathering the data of the individual. We don't take enough time to do that. We tend to just kind of fall into the the heightened emotions and just kind of jump right into a relationship. We start committing ourselves, um, you know, to this other person or to the idea of a relationship with this other person. So I totally agree. 
So you talk about, you know, the dating phase. Do you think the dating phase sometimes is overrated? Overrated? Um, from what perspective? From the fact that, you know, people go into the dating scene, you know, with those ulterior motives instead of just, you know, going into it and just really getting to know one, one another, getting to understand the partner that they may may or may or may not want to be with. So I know from my experience, um, you know, dating, the, the word dating today has, has a lot of facets and, and people feel like dating is overrated. It feels like it's a lot of pressure. So from your perspective, you know, when, when we talk about dating, what is the, what is the best way to really go into, you know, that kind of situation? For me, I would say when, a person goes into a dating phase with another person, go into it without having any expectations. Um, go into it with the mindset of just truly, truly wanting to just get to know that other person for who they really are. Get to know them in their most natural state. Get to know their 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 emotional patterns. Get to know what sets them off, get to know what makes them happy, get to know what's important to them. What are their values? What are those things that are deal breakers to them? What are their non-negotiables? Truly let that person show you who they really are without any blinders on so you can then make an honest decision about, okay, is this person someone that I can see myself with? Is this person someone that I can gel with or mesh with or really can we complement each other? Um, most people, they just kind of go into it with surface or superficial um, ideas or notions exactly. or they're looking for the superficial things. And so from that perspective, yes, I can um, agree with you that dating can <laughs> be overrated in that perspective. However, if people go into it with the right mindset, the right motives, the right intentions, then and I don't think that it's overrated if people just go into it with, you know, like the, the right head, um, having their head on on their shoulders, the right thing. Exactly. When it, yeah. I mean, Wow. It's like how many of us really go into those situations um, with that mindset? And I think that's what makes it difficult, um, dating so difficult for a lot of people, because like you said, many of us go in there, you know, with these superficial ideas of, of what they may want or what they think the situation may be. And then they get into the situation six months, eight months the initial feeling kind of goes away and then you really start seeing the person for, for who they are. I call that the representative. Mm -hmm. So once the representative starts to fade a little bit now, you know, here comes the real person. And a lot of times, um, you know, even through my own experience, by the time that happens, I'm already in. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> you know, I've already made a decision, you know, no matter what, I'm already here for whatever reasons that they may be. And I'm quite sure you see a lot of that yourself. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. That's, ah, oh, yeah. Once those, once your feelings and your heart starts getting involved and your emotions start getting involved, it kind of makes things a little bit more cloudy, a little bit more difficult or hard to maybe walk away or um, with really allowing yourself to see those yellow or red flags and exactly. making a decision on those. And so, yeah, that's, <laughs> I understand. You know, when we talk about red flags, that that's a, that's a wide open conversation because I, mm -hmm. I, I feel like everybody has something. Yes. So how do we navigate through those, you know, what we're going to take, 
what we what we're going to accept, what we're not going to accept. Because if if we if if we go into every situation and the first red flag that come along and we feel like we're not going to accept that, we'll never be with anybody. So how do we navigate through that? (laughs) I love the question. And this is where setting your own non-negotiables, or some people call it your deal breakers, having that set, that core group of things that you will or will not allow, then that is going to be a great starting point in helping you make your decision on when you see certain traits or certain um, qualities within that other person, you can then base your decision or measure that person against what you've already deemed as being valuable to you or being your non-negotiables. Because yes, no one is perfect. Everyone is going to have something about them that's not going to sit well with you. So it's up to each person to determine what the absolute non-negotiables are or what those absolute deal breakers are and then go from there because when you have that set thing that that um, I hate to t- uh, use it list but um, when you have those points I'll use the term points when you have those points predetermined you've already thought them out without the emotions or the distractions of a relationship if you think about all of those and get them straight while you're in your single phase Once you do meet someone and you start getting to know them, you start going through the dating phases, then that will help you determine, okay, is this person someone that I can see myself continuing to get to know or based off of what they've shown me so far, do I need to step away and move on? It is so calming and that that part of, of getting to know an individual when, like you said, when you get your feelings involved. It's so common and it's so easy for us to overlook a lot of those things because we become, now we're emotionally involved. I like him. I like her. She smelled good. He dressed nice. Mm. He got a nice car. He got a little bit of money. He treat me like I think I want to be treated. And then it's it, it becomes a, a, a crazy roller coaster ride after that. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, um, having... You know, being having your your own predeterminations about what you want can be difficult for a lot of people. So, what do you think about when you go into a dating situation, and a dating situation is really surrounded about around money, and what you can provide, how you look, and what you can do for me. I think it's unfortunate for those people who go into those situations with that mindset or with those things being of top priority because they're they're superficial and that they're meaning those things. I'm not calling the person superficial. Those things, those items are superficial and it doesn't lend to a long-term, long-lasting relationship, one that's going to be built on a solid foundation. So for those who do go into relationships looking for those superficial things, to me, in my opinion, they're setting themselves up for, um, you know, for failure at some point. It's it's coming. It's around the corner because it's been proven time and time again where a relationship that is built on those things just doesn't last and tends to have a lot of um, turmoil or, or um, turbulence within it and between those two people. Wow. You said a lot. It's like you're, you're, you're finished before you even got into the relationship. If you go in with that mindset mm-hmm. and, and, you know, with all the relationship shows and, you know, 
things that's going on out here in the world that we live in. It's like, you know, what can you do for me? You know, mm-hmm. or what have you done for me lately? And it destroys many, many relationships. And, um, you know, m- many people, like, they stick by that rule. It's like, if he ain't got no money, if she can't do this, if she can't do that, then, you know, I have no use for you. And in that process, you really never get to know the person. And I think that's that's what's sad. That's that's a that's devastating because that person can be really, really something special that you can build with. I agree. Yes, there. everyone has something amazing about them. And to bypass that or to overlook it just simply because you're looking at a person's pocket or the size of their bank account or their physical features, it's unfortunate. Um, people are going to miss out on a lot of amazing opportunities that way. So what do you think about the traditional dating scene versus the modern dating scene <laughs> so for me to answer that i need to get your definition of traditional versus modern Tra- traditional um i'm gonna use my parents as as an example okay um you know they went in it strictly for you know security um a lot of times it was some emotion that was involved um he was able to be a provider, be a lover. Um, he understood his role. She understood her role, whether she worked or not. She still came home and took care of the house and helped raise the kids. He came home and put his money on the table. She handled all the bills. And they pretty much navigated through 60 years of marriage, you know, just like that. The modern dating scene is pretty much is what can you do for me lately? Where can you take me? What can you buy me? How much money you do you have? Um, what kind of car you have? Um, un- your your unrealistic um, expectations of what the person may be. The list goes on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. So, so based off of that description, traditional is going to lend you a much more uh, a relationship that has longevity. Longevity, And that's, of course, as long as those two people, because I'm not saying that, you know, you're all of the older or old school relationships, you know, were just, of course, not perfect, but were the best. You know, I'm not saying that at all because there are a lot of relationships from our elders and and great aunts and great grandparents and all of that, where someone was miserable and exactly. the other person was stepping out, <laughs> making babies at all the homes down the street. So I'm not coming from that perspective. I understand. <laughs> you understand. You know, but uh, compared to modern day, um, then as long as there's respect between both parties and as long as there's love and, and admiration and, both people are in it with a win-win, win-win mindset, a win-win mentality, and a teamwork type of mentality. Then yes, the traditional method, again based on your description, in my opinion, is what would prove to be better. Exactly, team us. Yes, you ha- you have to have that mindset. And once again, we're going to go back. You know, a, a lot a lot of us, you know especially a lot of the men that I've, I've talked to, um, they don't even know what that mindset is because they don't even know what that looks like. 
mm-hmm. you know, for a lot of them because, you know, they come from single, you know, single parent homes. Their mothers had to work. And a lot of times they were their self, you know, they were out there to defend for themselves. So they had the role models that were on the corner. And that's what raised them. So learned and taught behavior plays a critical role in today's dating game. Because I I, I think, you know, the learned and taught behavior can sometimes have a disservice on how you look at relationships. Do you think relationships are, are too free? As far too, as too free, yeah. as far as mm-hmm. just not being able to deal with anything. Soon as it gets rough, you know, I can just run. I can go to the next situation that I may think that's better. Do you think it's just too free, or do you just feel like people just haven't learned how to to deal when those those times get rough? I would say the latter. Um, okay. You know, I wouldn't want to say that a relationship is too free because we all want that option. You know, when when we're ready to get out of a situation or a relationship that's no longer serving us or the family or the household, we do want to have that ability to um, get out of it. And I'm not speaking of marriages because um, okay. I'm, I'm pro marriage and things like that. Um, but when it comes to just the the dating the or those uh, relationships prior to marriage, those who are, you know, just kind of partnering around, right. um, I, I would say the latter, you know, that people just have not built up that stamina of being able to handle when the going is getting tough and they don't have the tools or the resources or the knowledge or the know-how to handle those situations, how to communicate effectively when someone is upset, you know, how to really truly listen with intent as opposed to wanting to hurry up and get your point stated. So I would say the latter. You know, you said a mouthful there, you know, not (laughs) learning how to communicate, not having the role models to look in to help guide you through those tough times when things get tough in your relationship. Somebody's just going to sit you down and, and, and tell you the honest the God truth about the role that you're playing and being accountable. I think being accountable plays a huge part in a successful relationship because so many times when things get tough, it's, it's easier for me to point the finger at you and you point the finger at me and nobody has to be accountable. It's everybody's fault but our fault. So I think, like you said, communication is a is is huge. Learning how to communicate, understanding each other's love's language, and just and just paying attention instead instead of assuming. Ask ask the right questions. Learn how to ask the right questions. I mean, it's it's huge. But you know what? Relationships can also be beautiful even through those tough times, if you give it a chance. Absolutely. They sure can. And during those tough times is where if it's done um, the proper way or appropriately and with uh, in a healthy manner, that's when both people grow closer to each other. That's where the love grows and increases. That's where respect and love for each other increases because they have been able to show and prove to each other and have been able to um, demonstrate to each other that, hey, we're going to handle this situation or this difficulty uh, with, you know, walking hand in hand and as opposed to looking across the room at each other at as if we're each other's enemy. 
Exactly. So I agree. So how when 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 you're dealing with your clients and the trust issue comes up, how do how do you address that? So I have them go through the different scenarios or just kind of go through it and a backwards analyzing process of determining why do they have this trust issue with this person first and foremost? Like, was there something that actually happened or is it mm, paranoia or, or things that seem or look like something could have happened? Like really discover and get to the bottom line of did something actually happen where having a trust issue is valid or is it something that they're dealing with from maybe a past relationship or just other things from their past, maybe their past childhood, and they haven't let it go. They haven't healed from something that happened way before they met their current partner. And then in that case is a trust issue, an issue that shouldn't be there. So we kind of go through a backwards analysis to first determine, is it valid or not? You know, how often does trauma play a pivotal role in many relationships um, that, that with your clients that you have experienced? Way too often, most of my clients with when it, especially when it comes to relationships, um, because you know relationships aren't just with an intimate partner. We also exactly. have yes, we have um, platonic relationships, familial relationships, we have professional relationships. So um, just from any type of relation that you have with another another human being, it plays a huge role, and that's why a lot of my work starts with working backwards and and finding the root of the issue, finding out when and where was the turning point for each person. Was it something that happened when you were three years, three years old? Was it something that happened when you were a teenager? Did you experience something as a child that you just should not have experienced and did not know or didn't get the help to work through that. So a lot, unfortunately, a lot of relationships have some, some trait of trauma built into it that has to be worked out in order for people to move forward in a healthy manner. Me being a clinician, you being a life coach and a relationship and a mediator, how, how do you decompress for you so you can stay healthy emotionally? I love this question because it's also things that I teach my clients and, and um, coach and mentor as well on. So for me, I am very intentional about my time. I'm very intentional about where I, I, how I divide my time, where I put my time, my attention, my focus. So just as much effort and energy that I put into my work and my business and my company then I'm also putting that same amount of effort, work, and time into making sure I have a moment of relaxation, a moment of decompressing, a moment of unplugging and getting away. And so, again, it's all about time management. That will be the easiest way to explain <laughs> it. And the most simplest tool that is available to us is really allocating where 
every minute of my time is going each day. So I'm very intentional about making sure I do not overload my schedule. I make sure that I don't overload myself with too many clients or too many podcasts or too many speaking engagements or too many private mediation cases, whatever the case is. I'm very intentional about making sure that some part of my day is going to be broken down to where I'm resting and I'm taking a break. So therefore, I do not overwhelm myself because overwhelm is a choice and to make sure that I do not stress myself because being stressed or stressing yourself is a choice as well. So it's really all about balancing my time. You know, I love that because as you was talking, I was just thinking about myself and I found myself in many situations where my calendar was just I, I look at my calendar some days and I'd be like, man, how am I get this done? How mm. how did I put myself in this position? Unfortunately, mm. I get it done mm. because I'm um I'm dedicated that way. And through that process, to be honest with you, I lose some of that time for myself mm-hmm. because of you know, other decisions that I've made for whatever reasons. So I most definitely love that, and I most definitely needed to hear that for me, Coach Energy. I really, really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your knowledge with us. You could have been anywhere in the world today, but you came to hang out with your boy Isaac at the den. I really, really, really appreciate you. Tell our audience how they can get in contact with you. Thank you so much, and you're very welcome to reach me please go to my website. That would be the best place to find my contact information to be okay. able to reach out to me directly. And that website is energyspeakslife.com. Okay. And I will just make sure to spell energy. It's N-R-G-Y, energyspeakslife.com. Once again, thank you so much. Um, I've been asked to do a, a, um, a panel um on relationships and mental health and substance abuse. And I'm I'm working on a couple of things and I'm just trying to put everything together. And I was just wondering if you're free, I would love to have you come on and, and, and share, share with, share with us and give your input. I would absolutely love it. What I do today, uh, what we do, what we've just done today during this podcast and what I do day to day within my company and just in my own life, that's me living and walking in my purpose. And if I can do whatever I can to speak to as many people, even if it just changes one person, count me in. So just keep me posted on the information and the details. And as long as I'm available, I will participate. Most definitely. I sure will. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, Coach Energy, thank you, thank you, and once again, thank you. And this won't be our last conversation. And if ain't nobody tell you they love you today, Coach Energy, I love you. Thank you. I received that. I received that. I love you too. I love everyone that's listening. And if I may leave one last statement yes, with your you listeners. Yes, you may. Fantastic. So this is the self-mastery coach. When you master your mind, you master your emotions, and you master your assignment, you can then live your purpose and live on purpose. You heard it here. Not first, not second, maybe third. 
right here on the den from Coach, Coach Energy. Once again, I appreciate you. Thank you for your time, your energy, and your information. Appreciate you. My pleasure. Thank you.